Hello, uh, this is Areski Daoud of Mir Risk LLC and editor of the North Africa Journal. Today is Thursday, the 29th of September, and welcome to this new edition of uh, Mir Risk Podcast. Um, at Mir Risk and uh, at the North Africa Journal, we usually do not track Lebanon, uh, but the turmoil there has been such that it is clearly difficult uh, for any of us not to have any opinion about the latest development. And so let me share with you some of the thoughts that I have. Uh, just many of you, I do have a, a lot of Lebanese friends. In fact, my first job as a night shift attendant uh, at a gas station in Salem, Massachusetts was offered to me by a Lebanese businessman and I greatly appreciated his trust. We became fr friends afterwards. Well, the past months have been particularly horrendous for Lebanon, a country that uh, used to be called the, the Switzerland of the Arab world. Now, the demise of Lebanon is not, not just a reflection of a deeply corrupt regime um, and a divided nation, but it's also synonymous of clearly of an Arab world uh, where its leaders have really no concept of solidarity. Uh, while a few nations, in particular the rich uh, sheikdoms uh, of the Arab world brag about and, and fault their wealth, um, uh, everything these regimes tend to do is contrary to what, for example, the Europeans have been doing to unify their ranks. Uh, of course, not all Europeans are models to follow. What the Russians are doing in Ukraine is just despicable. But the Arab world, uh, what we see in the Arab world is sort of the selfish competition among kings, sheikhs and, and, and generals means that they have no problem destroying other countries for their own short-sighted interests. By Arabs, I would also extend the criticism to countries peripheral to the Middle East, such as Turkey and Iran. Now, these countries' leaders are so bad that they, and, and without any hesitation, destroy countries like Libya and Lebanon and are supporting despotic regimes elsewhere in the so-called Arab world. Lebanon, as you know, has been completely destroyed by competing interests, be they domestic, regional or international, including Iran. So much so that the state is entirely absent, leaving people surviving with limited resources. As parents send their kids to schools, classrooms will be extremely cold this winter because schools cannot afford heat in a nation where more than half of the population today lives below the poverty line, and about 60% of them are unemployed. In most schools, electricity supply is sporadic, often available no more than two hours a day. But setting aside the economic despair and depression that the good people of Lebanon are facing, there are clearly sinister things happening there, even bordering the bazaar. You know that recently there has been an exponentially increasing number of bank robberies that amplify the state of anarchy, bringing the country one inch closer to complete collapse? Consider this. On September 16, 2022, at least six banks were robbed the same day across the country in what appeared to have been an organized conspiracy with malicious intent. The capital city, Beirut, and its and surrounding regions experienced chaos which began to propagate beyond the suburbs. This concerted attack against the banking system forced all the nation's banks to close. The closing of the banks, while the authorities investigate the heists, did not help the Lebanese people deal with their day-to-day -day spending, and they just could not withdraw their money. The situation is so bad that while the US dollar is exchanged at uh, currently at over 1,500 Lebanese pounds on the official market, it's now well above 
39,000 pounds uh, on the free market ever since obviously the Lebanese Central Bank suspended the convertibility of the pound into dollar. Now raids against banks uh, in Lebanon may have been stimulated by a group called the Mutahidun or United for Lebanon. That's a group which uh, had sort of accompanied the Attorney General of Mount Lebanon Court of Appeal uh, and uh, close, a person that is close to pre Lebanese President Michel Aoun, that's Rada Aoun, in, in her forays into a foreign exchange company in 2021. This group with uh, obvious political ulterior motives had campaigned against the banks and announced on its Facebook page a campaign targeting in Lebanon and abroad Lebanese bank establishments and their CEOs, and that's quoted. The rhetoric has been such that recently they even incited to murder. Many say these media attacks are what effectively resulted in armed robberies. Now what triggered all of this, strangely, is a young woman, Sally Hafiz, barely 28 years old, who held up a bank in Beirut at gunpoint to withdraw $13,000 in savings to allegedly pay for her sister's cancer treatment. Of course, any normal human being will sympathize with Sally, but it certainly triggered a chain reaction which may have sort of different motives now. Sally became an overnight icon after she made an incursion into the branch of Blom Bank at Sodeco. Some critics say Sally did not act on her own, uh, but what is certain is that the Mutahidun has largely taken advantage of this to multiply the incitements to robbery and tax on CEOs, bank CEOs, who have suddenly become the scapegoats of the general economic malaise and disaster which threatens the, the country of Lebanon. Still, the Lebanese banking system may be down on its knees, but not completely out. This is because the Lebanese diaspora abroad remains a major source of remittances, coupled with revenues generating criminal activities that use Lebanese banks to launder money. Until Lebanon has a functional government and, and uh, the willingness of the international community to help, I'm afraid people like Sally will take matters to hand and Lebanon may not look like Switzerland for decades to come. Now for our premium listeners, we have a, a couple of podcasts, uh, first to address how North African nations, uh, specifically from the Maghreb region, have positioned themselves in the, in the Russian-Ukrainian war. Uh, the war, far from the region, has had major consequences on North Africa on several fronts, from pushing the prices of cereal to new records, affecting North African consumers to bringing Algerian gas to the forefront as global demand for non-Russian natural gas source. Now, each country in the region has its own positions, and in this week's podcast, we look at Algeria, Morocco, and Tunisia's posture. Also, this week, we're doing a brief analysis on the Algeria-Russia bilateral relations, which, contrary to what many of you think, they're not as rosy and as joyful. Thank you for your time, and until our next podcast, goodbye.